Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat, we're going to consider some key organizational-based interventions and solutions. We'll also make predictions for how the HR function will evolve and change over the coming years. My guest this time is the awesome Dave Milner, author, founder, and consulting partner at HR Curator Limited, a firm providing consultancy advice, support, and solutions to clients as HR functions make changes that align their activities with the new digital organizations of the future. Dave has a business background working in financial services, followed by 30 years of internal and external HR consulting experience at the UK-based bank NatWest, PSL, Connexa, and IBM. He's referenced as being a key influencer in a number of HR subject areas on Twitter via at HR Curator. If you're not already following them, please do. And he's a lovely chap and he probably will reshare your things if they're interesting. Uh, He's also an associate with the Corporate Research Forum, GPS Asia, the Center for Effective Organizations at the University of Southern California, and is an advisor at Eyesight Tech, a cultural analytics provider. Dave is a regular presenter at global HR conferences, promoting the role of tech, people analytics, and the need for HR to be more commercial in its approach so that it can demonstrate tangible business values. And I'm certainly going to be pushing him on that later. His first book, Introduction to People Analytics, is on the changing role of HR and the increasing demand for data insights. And it was published back in April 2020. Dave, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today, sir. Well, it's absolutely great to be here, Bill. Thanks uh, thanks for asking, and let's hope I can uh, fulfil the introduction you've just given me. So I think I covered a lot of uh, a lot of your bio already there, Dave, but uh, why don't you just start by telling our listeners a bit more about yourself and, and what you get up to? Yeah, the, the, the bio, I think, says it all. I, I, I think um, I, I left IBM about uh, two and a half years ago, really, because I, I really wanted just to focus on some HR activity that that really interests me, and and I guess um, as it's unfolded, I've spent a lot of time focusing on the 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 HR practitioner and and how they can become a bit more data orientated, and and we can talk about this a bit later, but but I think we we've we've possibly scared some of the. Uh, the HR community with all of our amazing visualizations, statistical correlations and, you know, coefficient ratios and all this stuff, which, which is all important and, and vital. But I, I think we we need to to unscare some people. And hence, that's that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I seem to be running workshops all over the world at the moment talking about that that very same subject so that that's what's keeping me busy at the moment and um yeah it's been fascinating as we're watching you know all the the tragic changes that have had to uh, be undertaken as the pandemic has taken hold and and like you bill let's let's hope that uh, we get through it during the rest of the year that's for sure Yes, listeners, actually, just before uh, Dave and I hit record today, Dave was telling me about all of these wonderful places that he's visiting virtually at the moment. Um, I think you mentioned Colombia and Latvia and a whole bunch of other awesome places. So uh, you, you've, you, you're traveling the world, even even if it's through your, your laptop, Dave. Uh, you're still educated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you advocate for a need for HR to be more commercial in its approach, Dave. We'll, we'll, we'll get into this yeah. at, a, at a bit more of a granular level later. But 
at a higher level, what, what do you mean by that? And how would you respond to the assertion that there's a concern that data and money is increasingly taking over the priorities of HR at the expense perhaps of empathy and, and the human touch? Yeah, uh, well, uh, I think commercial for me is about knowing how your organization makes money. Everybody within HR needs to know what it is that your organization does and how it makes money. I, I think there are four elements to being commercial, which is around yet yeah, knowing the financials. Um, I don't want you to be a finance person. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I do believe that you need to understand the finances and how the, the client or the area that you're working with, how they make money. I think, you know, being commercial means you need to have an external awareness of what's going on, both within your sector, but also externally in the wider world. Because, you know, CHROs today, uh, they have to have a view about everything, not just about the people issues. So I think that's important. And then obviously, you know, yes, we need to be internally aware of, of the strategy of your organization, how your organization that you're working with is is operating, how it again, it makes money. And, and finally, I think you need to have what I, I can best describe as, you know, organizational savviness. You need to know how you get stuff done. And that inevitably will, you know, need to know that, you know, this manager or leader is very commercial. This one's very empathetic. You know, how can you change your approach to meet the differing approaches and styles that your internal clients have? So so that's how I, I see commercial. I, I think on your point about is that taking away from the, you know, the, the empathetic um, HR person? I, I, I think I'm a realist, you know. We're in a world where data is running every business, even my small business, you know, it's running every business and and there's more data coming with AI, machine learning, automation and digital and all that stuff. And I think the challenge is, you know, how do we get humans and machines to, to give of their best? And, and mostly, how do we then get the two of them to work in unison so that they collectively work together? And so I think for me, it's data that is the, the common theme for both machines and for humans. And, and I don't believe that it means HR is, is not empathetic or whatever. I think it, it actually raises the role of the people advocate, which I think is a critical part of being an HR person. And I think, you know, you need to balance that advocate of, of the people and the humanitarian aspects, as well as having this business angle. And, and I sense that, you know, for the 30 or years or so that I've been working in or around HR, I think we've been too much on the people side. And I think we need to get this balance back so that we are considering both elements. But but I, I don't believe that commercialism is, is to the detriment of the people. I think if we're smart, we can actually use the commercial challenges to actually promote the importance of the people and what we should do. So, so that that's my sort of take, I, I guess, uh, on it because you know data is the fuel of most organisations at the moment, and and I think we would be we would be rather silly to ignore it, and and hence that's why I've been pushing it, I guess, within the world of HR for a little while now. And as we record this interview today, it's uh, it's early 2021. What do you see as some of the challenges facing the HR function in, in the rest of this year? And, and what lessons perhaps have been learned so far by HR and by leaders since the pandemic hit? 
in addition, Dave, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah. How, how, so how have firms tried to future-proof their businesses to, to minimise any long-term impacts of the pandemic? Let, let me tell you a, a very quick story. I was speaking to um, a, a friend of mine. He's the chairman of, of a, an Australian logistics company. Um, you know, it's 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 a you know a multi-million Australian dollar business, uh, and he's the chairman of it. And um, we were talking about it, and and he was saying, I, I believe from what I've seen and what I've heard from my peers that um, HR in twenty twenty has truly stepped up and has truly been a valuable partner to the business. And and I said, that's great. And then he said, but, and he said, the but is, is that the problem is that the areas that they've stepped up in are the areas which they have historically always been very proficient in, dealing with crises, resourcing, operational support, helping managers and leaders and, and all that great stuff. And we've been fantastic at it. And I guess his his question to me was, I just hope that HR remember is that he perceives that 2021 is going to be the year of the dollar. That's how he describes it. And, and he described it on the basis that the pandemic is going to be, you know, going for quite some period in time during this year. And he's of the belief that every function within an organization, however small, however large, are probably going to be tested, going to be challenged to demonstrate value. And he was just saying, I just hope that HR haven't forgotten during this year of 2020 that there is a ongoing need for them to demonstrate the value of what they do in more business or commercial terms. So so I, I think in answer to your question, I think they, they've been fantastic. They've done amazing stuff. I think, you know, they've really promoted and pushed the well-being agenda. And, and I think they've been incredibly supportive of leaders. And I think leaders for probably the very first time have really, really understood the power of people and the fact that, you know, they can't control things in the same way that they used to. And so now they're having to trust their employees, they trust their workforce, and they're having to empower them, whether they like it or not. And, and I think that must be quite scary when you're being forced to change your behaviour. But, but I think HR has acted as a, as a good balance to try and make sure that that works. In terms of, you know, what is it that organisations done of, to future-proof themselves? Um, I, I, think, I, I think there are probably three, uh, there's, there's three things that I see. And again, this is, in, this is no coincidence. It's, it's in the book written before you know all the pandemic really hit but i talked about the th the real big challenges being the three d's data design and digital and actually when i as 2020 unfolded and as i look into 2021 i think those three things remain as relevant for the hr function uh, and for businesses as they've ever done data in terms of how can we maximize its use and make the use and, and make sure that it's driving better insights about our people design in terms of how we do we design the organization uh, because obviously the, there are very few organizations in january 2021 which are operating in the same way that they were in january 2020 they, they've been disrupted to death um, and the future of work is is now here I think Jason Averbrook calls it the now of work, doesn't he? So I think 
I think there's a lot of stuff that we've got the ability to do in terms of designing, designing the organization of the future. How does it work? How do we embrace transformation of, of culture, the experience at work, et cetera? And obviously digital, that's a huge piece, which obviously, you know, we now, everybody now uses digital, you know, meetings um, as if they were just, you know, a commonplace occurrence. They use it for learning. They use it for training. They use it for everything. And so I, I think organizations are, are definitely trying to get their head around it. But but I think if you look into the future of 2021 and beyond, I think those organizations that thrive, that want to thrive and will thrive, are those that really start to think about the future now and start to think about different scenarios and how HR and their business can be adjusted to fit to meet those those different scenarios. So I, I think I think it's exciting times and, and I think it's a time for HR to really step up because I, I think this is a time of opportunity and um, that I'm, I'm excited about it for the HR functions. And, and um, I think they've just got to try and distract themselves away from the more operational stuff, which they've been brilliant at helping in the last 12 months to be able to do that. Okay, so so we've covered the priorities for for the, for the next twelve months, and as part of that, what what I heard from you, there's actually a place for HR to kind of re-justify their role and, and their function, and perhaps part of that yeah. is because so much of HR is now being augmented, and um, there's a fear that a lot of HR is going to be replaced, of course, over the next few years. Yeah, how, how would you like to see HR progress and evolve as a function in in the rest of the 2020s? I want you to get your crystal ball out, Dave. And, and uh, yeah, take, I, take me through the next decade. I, I think the I think the three Ds are probably going to be the, the 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 key to it again. You know, I think digital technology will get embraced. I think by you know the more large corporates, maybe mid mid sized corporates. I, I think there's an opportunity for vendors. If there's any vendors listening, you know there is a huge opportunity for organisations of a thousand people and less to have you know, some HR technology that can really make a huge difference. So I, I think technology is a huge piece that is going to take away a lot of the routineness, a lot of the, the operational stuff that isn't required. You know, 24-7 chatbots are going to become incredibly efficient, in, incredibly real, uh, and be able to deal with questions, queries from employees far better than leaders, managers, and existing operators probably can do. Um, I think obviously technology will underpin, you know, the expertise of, of talent practitioners. So I still believe that, you know, a lot of the processes that, that we use, the onboarding, you know, which will probably be, you know, happening before people join the organization, you know, recruitment will be automated, but probably with a human touch at the very end. Um, performance management will be ongoing, maybe with more data coming in. Learning and development will be personalized. You know, a lot of this will be on your phone so that, you know, your phone will talk to you and say, oh, there's a great article from uh, HR Gazette or whichever, you know, um, magazine or whatever you're interested in. You were looking for an article on design thinking in HR three weeks ago. There's one come up we've just put in your inbox. So I think there's a lot of amazing stuff that can really add value to the talent expertise that exists in our talent people. Um, I think the role, which is probably called at the moment of OD, 
you know, I think will become, if you like, the, at the heart of HR, because that will probably carry the more strategic activities in terms of organisational and job design, you know, future proofing competency frameworks, uh, leadership programmes, looking at culture, you know, designing the organisational culture instead of it just unfolding before you. Um, and I think obviously this will all be underpinned by the employee experience so that the employee experience will be, if you like, the outcome of technology, talent expertise and practitioners, the frameworks that are in place from the organisation. And I think that that will, it may be a slightly more slimmed down HR function, but it'll be a damn sight more interesting to work in because you'll be working on real challenges, real real policy changes, real frameworks that can make a significant difference to the business. And, and yes, it will be underpinned by data and analytics, but actually probably in five, six, seven years time, I don't think people analytics as a function will be in HR. I think there will be a an organizational analytics function, which will then have in it marketing, sales, operations, supply chain, people, and they will have the experts all there. And it will be up to people like the business partners to scope out challenges and to implement findings, but with the experts doing all of the wizardry that everybody would love to see. So that that's a very quick sort of angle on what I think it may well look like and what I'd like it to. Um, and I guess that's why I'm focusing at the moment on trying to to get every HR practitioner to be more data driven, because I think if you're more commercial, more data driven, it means that you're going to ask the right questions, smarter questions and enable you to then be scoping out projects, which maybe some you know data scientists and data experts can take forward so that maybe you don't need to be scared anymore, HR, that, you know, analytics is going to you know, bemuse you and take over your role. I think it will be an important part, but it will the, the expertise of doing it can should be done by the experts. And, and so therefore, I think that structurally, that's what I think might happen. I mean, it doesn't make sense to have three or four different analytics teams, you know, with resources in them, more or less doing the same sort of thing and not actually sharing information as as openly as they possibly could. So that that's my sort of underlying reason for, for that sort of perspective. That's very interesting. So you're, you're saying that within the next few years, you, you foresee a situation where the people analytics part of it will be taken out of the hands of, of your traditional HR folk. I, I think so. A big, because I think, you, you know, most people, are, the way it's done at the moment is either through, you know, for the large organisations, a centre of expertise, you know, an analytics centre of three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, whatever it may be, that's fine. For the slightly smaller organisations, it might be one or two, you know, analytics partners who are the experts. And, and what I'm saying is that actually marketing have got the same thing. So have sales. So so have all the procurement that they've all got these analytics work that's looking at what is the data telling us historically and how can we use it to predict the future and make different assertions. And for me, it just makes sense to say, well, look, here's a business problem that's arisen in you know that's people related but actually look marketing have got similar uh, issues so have sales so that suddenly we are truly sharing data and truly sharing you know a one solution as opposed to maybe a little bit of a piecemeal solution which which could be you know a criticism 
sometimes you know of the way that we currently operate so i could be wrong but i i, I cannot see organizations running headcount where people are more or less doing the same types of activity namely statistical analysis and whatever i i think the the scoping of it and the implementation that will continue to be done by either marketing sales people whatever but i, I think that 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 expertise it's going to become it's becoming so important um i i just think why not make sure that you put it in the pants of the people that really know how to do this stuff that makes a lot of sense and um um, I, I can see how how it could be siphoned off and and, and put in into the the hands of the marketing and the sales. Yeah, team. it would just make sure there's no silo thinking anymore. You know, because yeah. I, I I just think that there there must be commonality of issues which could be made even more powerful when you've got the power of finance and marketing also behind you. When you know you've got a people challenge that that needs to be addressed. But hey, what do I know? As they say. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't, and I know it's terribly cheesy, but as long as you don't lose that human touch, you know, this yeah, is the reason why I, a lot of people go into HR, isn't it? Because they care about I, other people. I, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, 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 I truly believe that, you know, that the people advocacy role of HR will remain incredibly important, incredibly important. And we mustn't, we must never forget the H in HR. Um, but, but the, the challenge is, is that, you know, for 30 years or so, you know, we've been talking about us being, you know, a seat at the table, you know, a business partner and all these phrases that have just been thrown out. And we're still having the same conversations in a number of organisations. There are a lot that have made the right shift. But, you know, it's not happening in every HR function. And that's 30 years on. So there's work to be done. And we've got to we've got to drive this forward, I think. Dave, we are already coming towards the end of this interview. Just three more questions sure. for you. And um, okay. we're going to we're going to do them in rapid fire. OK, um, okay. So in, in 60 seconds or less, Dave, if you don't mind, uh, tell me a bit about your book, Introduction to People Analytics and some of the key lessons for leaders and HR pros that you share within it. OK, so the book's written to break down the myths that you need to be a data scientist to do data and analytics. Um, there is two pages of, of numbers in the book. It's about case studies having a different mindset, thinking about the benefits of data and considering some of the issues and challenges that we've talked about today. Um, it describes the HR practitioner of the future and the role that data will have in feeding into all of that. Um, it seems to have been quite well received. I just made it, I just timed it very badly by launching it right in the middle of lockdown, but there you go. Okay, I make that about 55 seconds. Nice work, Dave, nice work. How can our listeners learn more about you, Dave? Is that through email, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook? Maybe you're on TikTok. And I would fall off my chair if you didn't mention Twitter. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, you can connect with me, Dave Milner, M-I-L-L-N-E-R, on LinkedIn. Um, yes, I'm on Twitter, HR Curator. There's 28,000 HR people following me for some unknown reason. Uh, you can always email me, hrcurator at yahoo.com. Um, and um, just just connect with me. Uh, my website, hrcurator.com. You can always uh, put a uh, have a website inquiry there and you'll see a whole range of of information on there, which is about my favorite articles, all pushing around the transformational agenda. Uh, and my final my final final thought to, to every HR practitioner listening is make sure that this year you put on your KPIs 
I'm going to learn 50 hours this year of new stuff because we've got to force ourselves to learn. So let's do it ourselves and drive that agenda so that we really start to become more commercial and know what's going on around the world. And good luck in that task. I like that. Um, so listeners, I'm just going to reiterate what Dave said there. Let's make 2021 2021 let's not make it 2022.0 Let, let's get out there and, <laughs> and and learn things and 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 share ideas and innovate and and move the needle forward uh, dave thank you so much for being a guest today on, on this episode of the hr chat show absolute pleasure thanks very much for asking again and listeners as always until next time happy working thank you for listening to the hr chat podcast brought to you by the hr gazette 